podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Positivity Podcast on Anfield Index. My name is Matt McElroy, and I will be your moderator for today's discussion. I am joined, as always, by Lubo Markov and Paul Jenkins. How are you doing, guys? I'm well. Oh, um, just, yeah. Just enjoying a nice, enjoying a nice sunny Sunday evening, as per usual when we record Positivity. So it's all here. Fantastic. And another lovely day there in Ireland. Uh, Lubo, how are you doing? Good. Uh, it's a it's a Sunday. I'm I'm back home after traveling again for a few days, and just uh, I was going to catch the second half of the of the Euros, the Women's Euro final, and see how that goes. Okay, wonderful. Uh, so before we get too far into our discussion, uh, I'll make note that we are recording live today on AI Discord. So if you have any questions as we go through the uh, discussion today, just uh, go ahead and tag me in the chat, and we'll try to get to it. Uh, so. For our opening question today, um, I'd like to know, do you guys have a favorite moment from a Liverpool opening day over the years? Uh, Paul, do you want to get us started? Um, for me, I think the obvious one was uh, uh, Sadio Mane against Arsenal. Um, uh-huh. I think that was that was a brilliant opening day in memory. Um, that, was, that was his debut and just the goal that he scored that day. That was just uh, phenomenal. Um, and so that's probably like, one of my favorite ones. Um, the other one I have is going back. Like, I don't even know if I'm right on this or not, but I think I am. Fabrizio Ravanelli playing for Middlesbrough against us. And if I remember correctly, he's got a hat-trick and a 3-3 draw. Now, this is going back. I could be well wrong on that, but I think it was an opening day fixture. And uh, I think I think that was like his debut for Middlesbrough. Um, and it was just one of those crazy insane um, kind of opening days. Uh, the Liverpool fixtures. So, yeah, that would kind of be, kind of be like my I'll take your word for it on the second one. But, yeah, the, the first one, uh, Sadio's strike was awesome. Uh, I think that that one was made even better by the celebration. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. For for me, the the thing that sort of stands out about opening days, especially in recent years, is that Mo Salah scores every single time, uh, and it's been it's been I think it's six seasons now. He scored in every single one of them. Uh, he had a hat trick against Leeds. He had the like crazy one where he like jumped into the uh, net in his first game against Watford. Like just if it's an opening day, that you can count on Mo to give you something. Uh, special to, to watch and uh, a good way to, to start the season. Um, so, uh, Lubo, what are, what are your um, favorite moments of opening days? I, I will go with, uh, I think it was the first game of the 13-14 season. Uh, at, at, was it at Aston Villa? Where, um, uh, it was, oh, no, was Stoke, it Stoke. No, no, it was Stoke, it was Stoke oh. right? It was, it was it Stoke where... Um, we won one nil, and I think Sturridge scored the, the goal. And then in the in the last minute, uh, of um, uh, there was there was a penalty that that Mignolet saved, and it was just it's I don't know there was something quite emotional about that last minute um, 
last minute um, penalty save to preserve a win, which normally in that case, you think at home against Stoke, you should have been hammering them three or four nil. You shouldn't have had to rely on the last minute penalty for, for, for that. But it emotionally was actually uh, quite, quite a charged opening day. So I would, I would go with that one. Yeah, everybody that got uh, That was Mendes' debut, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. And he got all, yeah, like... Me. Right, it, he was, like, super pumped. And everybody was, like, in a good mood. And I think that really did help, like, start the season in a, in a good way. Yeah. And I think we won the first three or four games, uh, 1-0. And I believe Sturge scored all, all the goals, um, including at home against Man United. Maybe it was the first yes. three games, and that 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 got us started on a, on a on a good um, on, on a on a good path, especially since we didn't have Suarez for the first five right. games, I believe. Right, he was he was still suspended at that point. So yeah, that that was that was a big moment uh, on on an opening day. So I think that now that we've chatted a little bit here about opening days, we can look back about uh, this this preseason. Uh, so. Uh, since we've last spoke to you, uh, Liverpool completed their tour in Asia and then a training camp in Austria. And then yesterday, uh, Liverpool defeated Manchester City 3-1 in the Community Shield. Uh, so, Lubo, uh, did anyone impress you in any of the friendlies, um, either in Asia or in the, against the Red Bull teams? I mean, I was paying uh, special attention to the new guys, Darwin and, and mm-hmm. Fabio. Because we didn't really see anything of Calvin. I think he's still injured, Calvin Ramsey. But I was also yes. paying quite a lot of attention to uh, Stefan Bashetic. Bashetic, I think his name is. And mm-hmm. mostly because I've been, I've been watching him in the academy uh, last, last season. And I wanted to, to see how he does now with the senior team. And, and he is definitely impressed. And I, I would say all three of them uh, have, have uh, had very memorable um, uh, trainings, if you will, or pre-seasons with, with the team. Obviously, Darwin, we don't need to, to talk a lot about him. He, he's been all over the social media for various reasons, uh, but he's, he's, he's scoring goals, and that's all you want from a new striker. But uh, I, I really like how Fabio, as well, has adjusted, and he's been mostly used as a, as a striker recently, as, a, as the left, uh, left-sided attacker, but he's mm-hmm. shown he can play in midfield. And uh, Stefan has been has really done very well. I mean, he had little cameos in Asia, but the last game he played against Salzburg was was quite impressive. So I'm I'm really excited. You know, I, I really love to follow the academy, and, and a dream for me is just a, a player coming from the academy and establishing himself as a first team player. So I don't know if 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 Stefan would ever do that, but uh, mm-hmm. definitely so far has been promising. So I would say all three of them. Um, have uh, done about as well as you could hope for uh, for 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 new 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 team new 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 players coming to the team. Yeah, I think that uh, Stefan Bajsetic does look like he's got um, a lot of the skills that is uh, are needed there at the uh, defensive midfield position. Um, and like you, he was a he was a bit of a revelation for me. Uh, I I don't watch the academy, but just seeing him in these. Um, these preseason games, he's definitely like stepped up and like just sort of like went right in with the the like more senior players and just didn't look out of out of place at all. So that that is encouraging, and hopefully we get to see him more in some of the domestic cup games um, as we get into the season. So that that would be good for him, especially since he's only I think seventeen. Um, another thing that I noticed as in a, in a couple of the games that I did catch was um, just some positioning from Trent. He's like coming in like infield further uh, a little bit more. And so like that could um, present some cool and interesting tactical uh, changes uh, and like the way that he can interact with Mo or Bobby or Darwin there from that like more interior role. It, it could, could be good. Uh, so Paul, uh, did anyone uh, impress you in, in the, in the friendlies? So I like, I've tried to watch as much of good of the friendlies at the- Times I haven't really been able to focus on them, but um, the reason that's actually at times uh, impressive. There's one game that I watched this distribution was really really good, or so I thought. Um, the kind of was, you know, it's great to have, have uh, young goalkeepers coming through, um, and then that's the old and that's the fashion is what we're we're, we're used to with 
Allison and, and, and uh, Keller. Um, so I thought he had done well. I, 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 I thought him like Mabaya has done pretty well whenever he's played right back. Um, not afraid to get forward and and pretty good. At that obviously still young, still raw. Um, and uh, as a defender, we're going to was possession and everything is. But I thought he's done pretty well. And, and then like, as I talked about, Basetic looks to be the possibility for, you know, a young player come through in that, in that sixth role um, who could make future very interesting for us <laughs> um, and maybe save us a few pennies um, when it comes to future answers. So, um, no, I think there's been, I think there's been a number of players. I'd, it's hard to say if this season has been anyone who's been standout. I don't know that anyone has necessarily been a standout performer, but at the same time, I think a lot of the a lot of the young boys who've been in have um uh, they've done themselves no harm in the performances they put in. I guess you just you gotta feel a wee bit for Calvin Ramsey because he has been injured and and so his integration into first team might be a bit longer than might take a bit longer than what we'd necessarily have thought or have hoped. But I think we're, you know, James Milner actually, when he came on and played at right back yesterday, um, I thought I thought he actually did pretty well there, and his his progressive style of passing was very good, um, and I thought that was, you know, when we're looking at that <clears throat> right back position for the season to give Trent a bit of, you know, to give Trent a bit of a bit of time off, whether it's domestic cups, whether it's Champions League or whatever, you know. Milner again is is still an option um, to be able to see out games. So I think even the likes of that yesterday showed that you know we still have good options at, at, at that kind of position. So I think overall preseason has been good for us. You know you never really take too much of no of a notice on the results. It's it's just about getting minutes into the legs and and and, and seeing how the young players integrate. And there's definitely. None of them. They had an absolutely shocking, terrible performance for from them. I know against Man United, um, the first preseason game, it was kind of like three oh, 0 down. But at the same time, that game we probably could have been four, five, six goals up. <laughs> so they didn't they didn't do themselves any harm in, in the way they played. So no, I think preseason's been good. Yeah. Hey. It's always like hard to tell if the preseason games mean anything, right? Because like uh, yeah. you have guys in like various levels of fitness, they uh, get back to camp at a different cadence, right? So it's like not everybody shows up at the same time. Mm-hmm. The opponents you're playing against, they're on the same like sort of weird schedule where started before the pools, so they're starting getting back, back earlier, so they're a little bit of shape or more like match fit uh, or like you are catching them early on because they started theirs later or they have guys returning later. So it, it's always hard to tell like if any like one performance in preseason means anything, but it's like good to, you know, mm-hmm. have a, a temperature check, so to speak of like where, where things sort of stand. And, you know, it's, it's nice. Like you guys are saying the, the way in which the Academy guys are, are becoming integrated. It's like they, uh, they're, they're using a lot of the same systems. So then, and when they transition to playing with the team, it's a lot of the patterns are the same. And so it's like probably a lot easier for them to get settled, even in the preseason games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think that's a good good point to uh, like shift a little bit to talking about the Community Shield yesterday. So, uh, Paul, sticking with you, uh, what were your takeaways from the game? Yeah, like... <clears throat> So I didn't watch this live. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my eldest boy was playing um, at the same time, so I was down at that. So I came home last night um, and managed to watch the full game. Then after that, I think you know when I seen the team come out, it was pretty much the team that we expected that was going to play. And I know people have have questioned Hendo and Hendo's role and and, and what he brings and how he's going to play. But we know you kind of know what you're getting with him, and we know that probably early doors for this season. That is the way that we're going to set up. That's the the personnel that we're going to play with. We know that Nunez probably isn't going to start. We're going to have Bobby through the middle. And uh, watching the game, I honestly thought 
<clears throat> we, we, we played incredibly well for the first 30 minutes. And I had this discussion earlier, you know, small conversation earlier, just around the idea that our squad and our team and our and our the first eleven that we put out, plus then the depth that was on the bench, I honestly feel that this is probably the best place that we've been in team wise to challenge City and say, actually, you know what, I think our squad is probably and say it quietly better currently than what City are sitting with. You know, City have lost a number of players. I don't know that they fully replaced them as of yet. We know that they're trying to do deals for defenders and whatnot, um, and and they were going to let Ake go, but it, you know it looks as if he's going to be needed now because they're going to be short and centre backs. So I just kind of feel that you know when you look at our team, one of the takeaways that I, I had from yesterday was that when you look at our team and you actually look at our depth, we probably are in a stronger position than what City are at. And I think, you know, for the season ahead, that bodes well. Obviously, you can never legislate for injuries and all the rest of it, as City have found out and if we found out in, in seasons before. But, <clears throat> and you know, watching the game yesterday and seeing the substitutions, you know, you're thinking, well, City don't have Sterling to bring on anymore. They don't have uh, Fernandinho to come in and sit in midfield anymore. Um, and you just kind of look at it and, and go, well, actually... Our squad and our team is is really really good, and that's before you even start looking at how we played. I think you know Trent's goal was just Trent's goal was one of those ones where, <clears throat> and I think I can't remember who was on who was on the highlights last night or who was on the 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 post game analysis, but you know City weren't closing down at all, and they were giving us so much space and so much time to pick those passes and then lay the ball back to Trent, and his you know his strike was his strike was brilliant. And and so you're kind of going well. That's you know that's that's really that's really good play from where we're at, and maybe we are one or two gears ahead of where City are at. So I think the big thing we need to do, you know, coming into the season is is just hit the ground running as fast as possible and get points on the board. And based on yesterday's performance, I do think we are in a really good place. I thought it was a really good game. Community Shield is normally one of those games where. You're bored <laughs> because everyone does think of it as a glorified friendly. But yesterday seemed there seemed to be a good bit of competitiveness about it, and we seemed to be able to to, to push up through the gears. And and Nunez getting his goal, and um, way we the way we won the penalty, um, and how we played. Mo, I thought Mo Salah looked as if he was he was ready for a, another big season. So. I thought the Community Shield was, was definitely one of those games that, that laid down a marker and maybe has other teams looking at us going, do you know what, they're going to be hard to catch this season. I think I think you're right. Like City, I think it was the last time they from their roster last year. So that's like one third of their team is now gone and they're bringing in new guys to replace mm-hmm. them. So like that that level of like roster turnover is going to cause them, you know, to need to have like a lot of that like team development in a way that Liverpool mm-hmm. doesn't, replacing like three guys out of a mm-hmm. squad of twenty-five. So it's like that. Um, that is that could be a big advantage for Liverpool in the early season. And like you're saying, like you got to like start fast and sort of put those points on the board and get out ahead and. If they can do that, that might uh, you know position them better to win the league because you want to be fighting from ahead rather than behind. Um, and yeah. just like a- another thing, like you were saying, is like the intensity was like there more in that match than you you might see in a normal like community field. And I think that is just mm-hmm. sort of the uh, competitive nature of the, the Liverpool City fixture at this point. Um, I, I don't. I don't I hesitate to call a rivalry, but it's coming a bit like that just because Liverpool and City are the two best teams in England. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Lubo, what were your takeaways from the game yesterday? So, I watched only the second half live because uh, during the first half I was going through security at uh, San Francisco Airport. And once I, I went through and I was able to uh, log on to Wi-Fi and, and stream the, the game, on my phone, and I so I, I missed the first half, um, and I, from then I watched the highlights, and it does it does look like uh, we were quite dominant for at least for a period 
of, of, of the first half when we scored the goal as well. Um, but the second half, I thought there was obviously a period of, of Man City pressure, but uh, especially how we rebounded and how we're able to then uh, um, go, go ahead and then score even the third goal at the end, I, think, I thought it was very positive. I, it, it felt like we, we, just, we were stronger, we finished stronger, mm-hmm. we had more legs. And that could be just because we've had a longer preseason, we've played more games. I think this was our fifth game, fifth game uh, that we've played. And this was only the third that Man City had played. They only had two games uh, in the U.S. And you could also, so you, I think it, you could feel that we were fresher as the game went on. And we were stronger and were able to really at the end, um, especially with uh, Darwin coming in against uh, tired legs, we're able to uh, really make it count. So from that perspective, I do think it's, it's, it's positive. So I, I have not seen much from how, how um, the attack played with Bobby when he was on the pitch. Um, obviously, um, as you can expect, he was, he's a different player from, from Darwin, but maybe that's what was needed in the first half um, when you're playing against the fresher Man City, and then the second half you have Darwin against the more tired defenders. But overall, I was very happy uh, with with how we played. Klopp seemed very happy, and and listen, every time you beat Man City, even if it's a friendly, you want to do it. Uh, it's just, I, I just, I, I just, I, I just hate dropping, you know, points or losing to Man City. So uh, yesterday, even if it was a, just a preseason friendly, you want to win. And the fact that actually you do get a, 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 a trophy of some sorts, um, I think it, it's, it's fine. And it counts. I mean, for the players, it counts. They know it's not a Champions League or Premier League trophy, but it, it's something. It's silverware. It's another medal. And you could see that, especially for the new guys, like for Darwin, uh, uh, for Fabio, I'm sure it, it actually mattered, the fact that they have a first medal with, with uh, Liverpool as well. So mm-hmm. it, it's all good, but a ve- very positive. I, and uh, uh, you mentioned Trent, uh, his positioning earlier. I think you could see that yesterday. I think the only other thing that I will say is that Mo Salah looks unplayable. He's, he just looked absolutely phenomenal how he played yesterday. He was involved with everything good that happened, obviously the assist to, to Trent, um, and then those chips over from, from, uh, from right to left that, uh, that uh, helped create the, the third goal as well. He's just, it's, 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 uh, it's just he looks like man on fire, and hopefully he has a, another phenomenal season. All right, that's a good time to start looking ahead to the to the start of the season. So uh, next weekend, uh, Liverpool begin the campaign against Fulham, uh, and then the Reds will play uh, consecutive Monday night games against Crystal Palace and Manchester United before ending August with home games against Newcastle and Burnmouth. Uh, the Champions League group stage draw will be at the end of the month, August twenty fifth. Uh, and then, unlike uh, previous years, the first game for the League Cup will not be until November. So, uh, Paul, starting with you, uh, what, what are you looking for in the first month of the, the Premier League? 15 points. <laughs> you want to you, you, you go, go your first five games. When you look at who those first five games are against, uh, Fulham, Palace, United, Newcastle, and Bournemouth, you know, you have to, you have to kind of go... Those five, those five games have to be five winners, um, and I, I don't care what anyone says. Going to Old Trafford, uh, going to Old Trafford, uh, three games into the season, we should be able to beat them. Um, they're, you know, they're still they're still relatively fresh under um, Ten Hag. That you know, there's still a lot that they have to get worked out. Ronaldo has only just come back into the team setup. Um, I, I, that they lose yesterday against Atletico when they're in their preseason friendly, so you know you want you want to be getting you want to be getting fifteen points against those five teams. I think starting against Fulham up from the the Championship, and without being disrespectful, you know the team that started yesterday is probably the team that will start against Fulham, and those eleven players should be able to then take us to to, to a good place. Now we know that we've got five subs this season, so we should be able to be able to rotate players as the game progresses, and uh, and 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 get a comprehensive 
um, win. Now we did say that in seasons past against Leeds and and whatnot, and end up with a with a really close with a close result. And, and I think that was last season, wasn't it? It was a Friday night game and it finished four three. But you know, I really think that we should be able to in these five games get five wins, and and especially whenever you know you've you've kind of got week out you know a week's break between games and stuff we should be able to to, to kind of get that in place so that's that's what i'd be looking for yeah i i i don't see anything less than 15 points like uh, liverpool is just too good for any of these teams that they're they're starting the the campaign against um what i'm going to be looking for is more of of around like how klopp is integrating darwin is like yeah. does darwin start does bobby start or is it something like what we saw yesterday where Bobby gets 60 and Darwin gets 30. And I, I would not be surprised if that ends up being the, um, the pattern is sort of like Bobby starts, but then Darwin gets a good chunk of the second half. And mm-hmm. like, like Lubo was saying is like Bobby wears him down. And then just Darwin is running against tired defenders and he's got lots of space. So that, that that'll be interesting to see how that, that goes and, and making sure that Darwin gets, uh, like acclimated to the league, and you know we've like had a couple of different people uh, talk on Anfield Index about Darwin at the time of uh, his signing and talking about how he was a little bit slow to get integrated at Benfica. So that's sort of what I'm I'm watching for at least in the first month or so to see how that goes for him. Uh, so uh, that's one thing that that I want to see. Uh, so Lubo, what are you looking for uh, in the first month from the Reds? Five wins, uh, as as Paul said. I think that uh, it's going to be really important to uh, to get uh, the, the campaigns, the, the Premier League campaign, started on the right foot. Uh, because one, the teams are not very strong, right? I think he, I, if you wanted to start against uh, uh, four or five teams that that you you feel confident you should win, I think we have the schedule to do it, and it's going to be really important to get started uh, on the on the right foot, especially before it becomes really crazy with uh, the the two games a week that are going to be coming up the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the yep. season. Um, so, so that, and also just the team feels ready, you know, that even though that the team um, we have Darwin, we have Fabio, uh, we have Calvin, but it, 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 that, that doesn't feel like there's been a lot of, there hasn't really been a lot of turnover and, and both Darwin and Fabio seem to have integrated very quickly I- into the team. So you want to use that. You want to use the, the fact that, that you have a pretty settled team, you have a, an established team, and and go against these these other teams that uh, that um, maybe are not as prepared. Hopefully, are not as prepared, and and get those five points. Hopefully, Man City drop some points. Um, I don't know if they will, but just get started on the right foot. And I mean, it, even though the games first three or four games are one game a week, Club uh, um, did say that he still views this as the preseason. And so I'm sure that there will be a lot of training sessions in between games. And in fact, I think there's going to be even a behind a, a close good doors uh, friendly coming up where he still views the first couple of weeks as extended preseason. But um, obviously he will emphasize the games that, uh, the, in the league that matter. Hopefully we can con- continue to collect the points there and then uh, see, see where we end up in a, in a month. Yeah, I think that, like you're saying, it's like you got to, build up that fitness over these first few weeks while you have one week per game, uh, one week between games, uh, because I think it's starting August 31st. There is a midweek game every week until the World Cup starts, which is on like November 15th. So for, yeah. I think it's like nine or 10 weeks, there's three games a week. And so like that's, it, there's just going to be playing a ton. Uh, and <laughs> Hopefully, everything is um, uh, so settled and ready to go that there can just be a good rotation of the guys and, and nobody gets hurt. Yeah, and speaking of which, I think the other important thing would be to to hopefully get um, uh, Diogo Jota back by the end of the month. I know he's he was yesterday at at uh, at, the, at Leicester with the rest of the team. Costas as was well. Costas, it doesn't sound like he was serious; more of a precaution. Uh, uh, he had a knock. But for Diogo to be able to come back by the end of the month and, and be ready to go um, when the two, two games a week start, I think it's going to be really important. We have, we have decent depth right now in attack, but you definitely want to have Diogo available as an option as well. So hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully he's, he's able to uh, 
recover from his hamstring issue by the end of the month, and so he's he's ready to join then uh, when when we start that really busy period. Yeah, hopefully the extended time off means it's like um, a more permanent fix than like if we were to like rush him back. Uh, there's no no reason to do that at this point, but as long as you can get him to a point where he's like healthy enough to where he's not going to get re-injured within a month, that that would be awesome. Uh, the other one is I think Allison is supposed to be back for next weekend, and so if he could be back and just ready to go, um, that would also be very very helpful. So uh, in in talking about uh, the other competition or the other major competition that Liverpool will be playing in in the early part of the fall. Um, the Champions League. So the the draw, as I mentioned, is in late August. Uh, are there any teams that either of you would like to see Liverpool play against? Um, Lubo? So I was looking at, um, someone had done on uh, these projections on Twitter uh, to, to, to say which teams are likely. Obviously, it's still not clear because the, the lower pots, so pots three and four, they're still not decided. They're still Champions League games that are happening. I was actually fumbling. I was trying to find that tweet because one thing that jumped uh, uh, jumped out is apparently we have a really good chance to be in the same group as uh, Real Madrid, <laughs> and I know we were in the same. We we've been playing Real Madrid quite a bit uh, recently. Uh, we obviously uh, played them in the in the Champions League uh, knockout uh, two seasons ago when they knocked us out, uh, and then we played them in the final. But I wouldn't mind taking another uh, shot at, at Real Madrid. If they end up in our group, um, I would. Um, I think it would be actually um, uh, good to 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 revenge, take a little revenge. I think another team that would actually be fun if it happens would be Barcelona. Um, I again, I wouldn't mind uh, playing well, against them. Barcelona just... is also in pot two, so we can't get. Oh, we can't. Them. Ah, maybe yeah. that is why. That is why we couldn't. Uh, that because I was looking at, it, I was like, why? Why are Real Madrid so high, but Barcelona is too low? And it's it's those. Okay. So Barcelona, so, Atletico, and Sevilla are all in pot two. So that makes it more likely that uh, Liverpool gets the Spanish team in pot one, which is Real. That explains it. See, Matt, that's why you're the moderator, because you actually are prepared <laughs> for this pot. You know uh, I had just stuff. noticed. Yeah, you know your stuff. But I think getting Real Madrid would be fun. I think another team that actually would be fun if we get them is Bayern, just because uh-huh. of this, the, the, the Sadio reunion. And we, had, we played Bayern, obviously, a few years ago. Uh, when we eliminated them. Uh, but I think it would be fun, especially it's a new team. There's no Lewandowski. There's Sadio now. I think they they play a little bit of a kamikaze style. And I actually think we would match up really well against them. And I could see it being a really fun, uh, high-scoring type games that, that you don't mind uh, in, in the group stage. Uh, if we got Bayern in the group, chances are uh, Liverpool and Bayern would be the, the two teams to advance out of the group anyhow. So I think that would be another uh, fun um a fun team to get, and then I, I think just flying to, I think for the fans going to Munich would be actually a lot of fun. Uh, I, Bayern would be a, a definitely be an interesting matchup. Uh, when I'm looking at the teams in Pot One, um, the one that stands out to me is Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, Liverpool hasn't played them in a competitive game in 50 years, and so that would be something new and different because every other team in Pot One, Liverpool has had at least one tie with in the last like four or five seasons. Um, so uh, that, that one sort of stood out to me. And then it, in pot three, it would be, uh, I think it would be interesting to play Sporting Lisbon. Uh, Liverpool's never played them in an official game. And so I think that that would be pretty cool. Um, Paul, uh, are there any teams that you're looking forward or would be looking forward to playing? Well, I think, I think uh, as Lou said there, uh, Bayern would be a great thing to play just simply for the, um, for the <clears throat> Sadio connection, um, and also because you know Bayern are effectively touted as as one of the top teams in Europe, so you always want to come up against the the best of the best. Um, and they've made some good signings this summer, so you kind of want to you know you always want to be kind of playing against them, against the best teams. Well, and Frankfurt definitely would be would be one that would be an interesting one. Um. I would like weirdly with like PSG. Um, I just think you know we did well against them in the group stages. So I think they've been, they've been an interesting proposition again. Changed manager and um, different style of play possibly. So let's see how we do. 
against them. I think Champions League's Champions League when it comes down to you know you get great European teams and you get somebody not so good and you just have to go out and beat whoever you've got in front of you, which last season we showed we could do in the in the supposed group of death. So um, again, I would just yeah just go and uh, beat whoever's in front of. Also, it would be my approach. Always like like a Milan game, um, whether it's Inter or AC, um, or even Venice. And I like playing Italians, so it'd be I love to have like you know another a grip with another Italian team on it. Um, would be good as well. Yeah, it looks like uh, the options for teams from Italy is AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Napoli. Yeah, yeah. So like, could... like the, the Napoli games were always good. Um, I went down the preseason down in Aviva Stadium down in Dublin against Napoli a couple of years ago. So, um, and, and, you know, it's always nice. To, I, I just like watching the Italian style of play. So it would be good. It would be good to come up against them. Yeah, I think that, that there's just lots of fun different options. Uh, and so we'll just have to see how it plays out. Uh, there could also be some interesting teams that uh, come through in pot four. Like we could get Monaco and yeah. see hockey again. Um, yeah. And you that, that could be a good season, one. And then like Celtic is also an option. Yeah, you think last season Real so, Madrid playing, playing Sheriff and they were like, they that was a really weird, you know, set of results in that as well. So. Yeah, and like Sheriff could uh, still qualify through the, the champion's path. So uh, they could still be um, an option for Liverpool. Yeah. I would that, rather not I would rather not get a team not. from Eastern Europe. Well, mostly for the travel, right? So they're an easy team. Yeah, you, right. you, you count to, uh, to, uh, to beat them comfortably. But uh, honestly, for Champions League, whenever I, I look at the games... I just want teams that are close nearby that you can you can fly pretty quickly uh, for the uh, especially on midweek games, right? But also for the fans, you know, because I, I mean it, it's it's one of those things where you'd hate to have fans trying to travel all the way to uh, Moldova for 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 uh, a game. So I think anything that's local, that's a big airport where fans could go in and out. Um, I would love to actually be able to go to a Champions League away game this year. I think it's probably going to be mm-hmm. impossible. Uh, and maybe one of the reasons I was actually uh, hoping for Bayern is I may be able to finagle a ticket in the Bayern in the Bayern part of the <laughs> <laughs> of the stadium. I have some friends who might be able to help out with that. So I've got I've got a selfish reason for that. But yeah, I just I um I just don't want long travels. That's the one thing that I always for for European campaigns. Just nice short trips. That is always my preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, now the truth comes out, Lubo. That's why you want Bayern. <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay, let's, um, let's sort of shift gears here a little bit. Um, uh, so at, at this point in time, uh, and looking at the, the, the squad, uh, do either of you think Liverpool need uh, another signing? Uh, Paul, do you want to get us started on that one? Oh, <laughs> and this is the... No, okay. <laughs> this, is the sta- this is the standard one with uh, with with uh, us every season, um, and and it's it's nearly the joke that everyone has about the positivity podcast. Like we're anti-transfer, which is completely not true. Um, <laughs> we enjoy a transfer the same as everyone else. Um, I just I just think that when 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 I approach the squad that we have currently, I look at it from a positive point of view, and I think that our squad is really really good. Do I think we need another transfer this summer? No. That being said, if there was the opportunity that came ahead, that came and and presented itself, I wouldn't turn it down. Do you know what I mean? So it's that kind of it's that kind of thought of. I don't think we're crying out for anyone. Anyone. I know that we talk about midfielders, or are we lacking slightly in attack depth um, with with senior players? <clears throat> and, and there's possibly an argument that you could have around right side of midfield, or what way we're going to play the eights, or how we're going to you know who's the depth for. Um, Fabinho and the six rule. There's so many arguments you could have around that, but I don't think there is a pressing need. That being said, again, opportunity presents itself. 
you're never going to say no if the right player becomes available at the right money and we get the opportunity to buy some, especially with you know an injury to Ox that's probably going to keep him out past the World Cup. Was he going to get a lot of minutes? I don't think so, but at the same time, he was an option that you had as you know someone who play in midfield in a, in a game to see out twenty minutes. You could come on for Mo if you need, if you're four 0 up and you needed someone just to play. And you know the, you're lacking that slight bit of depth. But do we like absolutely need to go out and buy someone? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I'm. In agreement. Um, I'm sure you're shocked. Uh, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think Liverpool <laughs> need um, uh, another player, no. right? Like there, there are enough guys there uh, with enough quality to get at least through to the World Cup, right? Like that. That is a yes. good enough team, and to be in like first or second place in the league and be and win the Champions League group, like that. That group of players is good enough to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. But like you're saying, if because like we're gonna have five games before the window closes, so something could happen in those five games, right? Like if you had yeah. like a catastrophic injury to one of your midfielders, and you had been working on a deal, and you could move that forward, like that would be like a good plan, or you know something like that. If there's an opportunistic uh, buy, like you were describing, like I would definitely be welcoming that uh, as a thing. But like this group is good enough right now. To, to go win mm-hmm. things. Um, so, uh, Lubo, your, your thoughts? So, what, what, one of the reasons why Liverpool are really good at the transfer business and always seem to be making good signings for, for good money, and you could argue whether Darwin was good money. I mean, Liverpool did pay a lot of money for him, right? But one of the reasons they normally have um, really good transfer business and don't overpay ridiculously for players is they're never in a situation or really rarely in a situation where they need to buy right whether they must buy Mm -hmm. you could say probably the one time they were in this situation is uh, in january of uh, uh, last season or two seasons ago when all the center backs were injured and they went into and then joel got injured and that probably was the closest that liverpool came to you know need to buy must buy right and even then the approach that they took was just smart, not really making ridiculous commitments to, to players who then don't fit the long-term strategy, right? They, they just got Ben Davis and then they got Kabak and somehow made it through, uh, to, through the rest of the season, finished top four, which is probably what, what was realistic after all the injuries, right? So from that perspective, Liverpool are rarely in a situation barring catastrophic injuries, as, as you guys said, where you must buy someone. Um, and so far, um, there have been some injuries. I mean, obviously, Allison, uh, but hopefully he's back um, for Fulham. Diogo, he should be back by the end of the month. Calvin Ramsey, he should be back soon. But, you know, he's, he's, he was at best a backup, right? And James Milner seems to be getting quite a lot of minutes in right back. The only one is probably Ox. And, and rumors are that his injury is quite serious and he could miss a few months. But he's also was the, the eighth midfielder right and you're not going to spend significantly <laughs> in the summer to 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 uh, bring another uh, guy who would be your replacing your eighth midfielder so from that perspective as Klopp said unless someone just says right at the end of the transfer window i want to go and that could be someone like a bobby or maybe even someone like a navigator because there have been rumors that he's ready to sign a new contract but nothing's been announced if if those plans change someone that you're counting to to get quite significant minutes this season, if that person becomes unavailable either because of injury or because of um, request to leave, I'm pretty sure that Liverpool have contingency plans that they could they could uh, move forward and bring in. Uh, but otherwise, I think they're pretty good shape. You know, I think that everyone everyone says we need another midfielder, and I think Liverpool need a midfielder, maybe a couple of midfielders eventually just because they have to replace ox and milner and then eventually hendo and tiago but that is more of a two to three year uh, horizon Mm -hmm. issue and that gives you the time to really wait for the players who you really want to bring in who are going to be liverpool players for the next decade you know jude bellingham's been rumored uh nunes from sporting has been rumored there i'm sure there are others and i think that is eventually 
the type of move that will happen possibly next summer, possibly the summer after that, when is the right time. There will be a couple of new midfielders that will come in. But for this summer, for the next month, um, unless there are catastrophic injuries or someone has to leave, I don't think that Liverpool really need to, to make any major um, signings. No, I, I think that that's correct. I think that's a good summary of like sort of the state of affairs for Liverpool's squad and sort of how they need to operate within the transfer market over the next month, but also over the next like couple of years. Um, so I think, think that's a good point in time to, to start looking ahead to the season as a whole and make some predictions. Um, so um, let's start with um, predict your top four. Uh, Lubo, do you want to go first on top four? Well, Liverpool uh, is going to win the title. That, that's a given. It's not even a question. Okay. I, I mean, in fact, we're winning. I can just make it easy. We're winning the pentuple because, because <laughs> the, the Charity Shield trophy counts, right? So we're, I'm, <laughs> I'm upping the ante from winning the quadruple to winning the pentuple. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I think we, we're going to win the league this year. I think who's going to come in second? I think City will, will be there. You, you, uh-huh. it's, you, you, have to, you discount them at your own risk. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs actually make a really, mm-hmm. really deep run just because Conte will have them physically fit, will have them organized, and he has shown that he can take a group of talented players who are maybe uh, not tactically as, as disciplined, as organized as they could be, and really make a run. And I think that uh, he, he's, he's been able to bring in a few more players. He's got a pretty deep squad. And I can see uh, Spurs challenging for, uh, for second. I have Spurs as, as third. And my uh, wild pick here is I actually have Arsenal finish, finishing fourth ahead of Chelsea. I, I would love to see Chelsea and Man United both finish outside of the, the top four. So I will, I will say uh, Liverpool, Man City, Spurs, and Arsenal. Interesting choices. So for me, yeah. uh, I have Liverpool winning. The, again, very surprising. Uh, and then I'll take City second. Yeah, they're, they're still the second best team, and they're probably going to be right there with Liverpool for the whole season. And I think that Liverpool will probably win um, you know, by five, six points, but uh, City will be right there. Sort of like Liverpool sort of in the mid-90s for points, and then uh, City around 90. Uh, and then for third place, I, I think that you're right, Lubo, that Spurs are going to be there. Uh, Conte's a very good manager. They've signed some good players, and he's going to just have them um, well-drilled at Conte ball, and it's just going to probably be good enough to get them into third. Uh, and then for fourth place, um, I think it will be Chelsea. Uh, I think they will get fourth again uh, this season. I think that they just have a good enough, like, first group of players to put them over the top over Arsenal and Manchester United and they'll get they'll just get there in the end um, so Paul what's your predicted top four yeah this is very similar to you guys I think we've we've picked the same top three um, with with um, Liverpool winning City second Spurs third um, fourth I think will depend uh, I think it's between Chelsea and Arsenal uh, and I think it ultimately comes down to will Chelsea be able to do anything uh, to strengthen their defence between now and the end of the transfer window? And also, how good will Arsenal hit the ground running with their games? And Gabriel Jesus, how well he performs for them in the Premier League. I know that in the Premier League, he has has done well, I think. He's maybe he's maybe scored seven goals for them pre-season. I, I could be making that up completely. I thought I'd read that somewhere. Um, I think he has done, you know, I think his move to, to Arsenal has been a good move for him. So it'll be interesting to see then just how well he does, how they do in the Premier League with him spearheading their attack. Um, <clears throat> but, I, you know, I think it's between those two teams. I, I, I don't know if I'm can commit to either one of them finishing fourth. I, I think probably Chelsea should finish in the top four. I think they will. I think they will have just enough to get there. But I do think Arsenal will give them a bit of a run for it. 
Um, your wild card obviously is United and how they'll do, but I, I genuinely don't see them challenging top four places at all. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that's pretty pretty much what how I would sort of like handicap the league is like Spurs are just going to be a little bit better than Chelsea. Chelsea and Arsenal are going to like fight each other for fourth, and then like United's just going to be like a little bit below them. Uh, so yeah. let's see if we can get some disagreement here on the Positivity Podcast. Where do you? Who do you think is going to be relegated? Paul, do you want to like start us off on that? Um, this is interesting, isn't it? It's hard. It's it's hard to know. <clears throat> like. You have to look. You have to look at the teams that that barely stayed up last season. Um, so you think of Leeds, and you wonder how they'll do, um, under Jesse Marsh. Like I like him, uh, and I like that he was able to keep them up last season. But you know, you just have to wonder how over the course of the season have they done enough transfer wise, especially with Calvin Phillips going. Have they done enough transfer wise to kind of put themselves in a position where they can, you know, finish mid table. Um. After that, so I'm not necessarily saying that that I'm not necessarily saying that that um Leeds are going down, but I think they're one to watch. Uh, Everton again, I think you know as could go red versus blue rivalry. There's nothing that I've seen in pre-season from Everton that would make you go, "I they're going to be not fighting relegation again this season." Uh, personally, I don't think Frank Lampard's anywhere near a good enough manager to be managing at this level. Um, and I think that, that Everton will struggle um, to kind of be anywhere away from, you know, those bottom five, six places for most of the season. Um, the teams that come up, obviously, you've got Bournemouth, you've got Nottingham Forest, and who was the other team that came up? Fulham. Fulham. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Fulham have been Fulham and Bournemouth obviously have been a wee bit yo-yo over the last couple of seasons. I, I just don't know that either of those two. I, I don't know that either of those two have enough to keep them up. And then I also think Nottingham Forest are in for a really. Nottingham Forest have done that thing that Fulham did a couple of seasons ago, where they have just bought like I think today they made their twelfth signing of the summer, and so well, you're kind of going. Yeah, twelve like twelve signings, and you're kind of going. That is a lot of signings to start the season with, and to try and get players better in. And you know, they've made, like don't get me wrong, they've made good signings, but it's just a massive upheaval from the team that brought them up. And you have to question and go: Is that going to be enough to keep them up? So I think, I think I've named five teams there, and I think those are the five teams that will be struggling all season. I can't, I, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to nail. I'm not going to nail down three of them. <laughs> okay. Um, so for me, I think that like when you're talking through your reasons there of the teams that are coming up, I think all three teams that got promoted are going to get relegated. Um, okay. It's Fulham have signed like two players, and so they're basically going to roll through the season with a championship level roster. And Mitrovic is their forward, and the last time they went. With him as their forward in the Premier League, he scored three goals. That's yeah. not going to be enough to keep him up. No. Bournemouth have only signed two guys on a free transfer. So they're just, again, rolling a championship roster out in the, in the Premier League. You're getting relegated. Uh, and then, like we were talking about with Nottingham Forest, it's like you have 12 guys. And like it's going to be like somewhat chaotic there, I imagine, for the first half of the season while all those guys are trying to figure out how they play. And like that might be to the point where you're too far behind to get out. And even though like those three teams we're talking about that just missed relegation last year, I think they probably just have enough in terms of like Premier League quality to stay in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, Lubo, who do you think is going to be relegated? So, Bournemouth, I think they're going to go down much as I, I want to see ex-Golanki do well. Uh, they, as you guys pointed out, they've really not done anything to improve. I mean, they were a decent championship team, but uh, I, I think they'll really struggle in the, in the, in the Premier League. Uh, Fulham, for the same reason that you, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Matt, they really they have a thin squad. Um, they're going to be overland on Mitrovic. 
they lost uh, Fabio to us, who was arguably yep. their second best player uh, last year. And uh, I just saw today that uh, apparently Harry Wilson has a knee injury and could be out for a while. So that he that will hurt because he was after Fabio. He was probably their second most creative uh, attacking player. I think they will struggle as well. I actually disagree a little bit on, on Nottingham Forest for two reasons. One is they needed to upgrade. They didn't have a, a great a great uh, team, and the players that they've they've, they've let go um, are, were just bad players. And they have actually invested and they've made some smart signings. It's just really going to come down to whether uh, uh, Cooper can get them organized quickly and eke out a few a few uh, uh, a few wins. Um, and, and keep them. But I, I'm more positive on Forrest just because they've really upgraded. They knew that they had a bad team or just a mediocre team, and they've really uh, upgraded from the team. Yeah, the teams that were uh, at the relegation zone, I think Everton, I agree with, uh, with Paul. Um, I could see Everton really struggling because they lost Richarlison, who was their, arguably their best player, right? Um, and they haven't really upgraded. I saw that they're being linked with uh, bringing Ghana back from PSG which will help. But with, um, with Frank at, at, at the wheel, I'm not sure that uh, they're going to improve significantly. And then um, I'm, I'm more positive on Leeds. Another team that I'm really skeptical about is actually Southampton uh, because they, they struggled quite a bit last year. And this year, a lot of the players they've been signing have been young players. Um, they, they got that Irish uh, goalkeeper from Man City, they, they, mm-hmm. But they've been signing a lot of players who are, you know, 18, 19, 20 um, and, and don't have a lot of Premier League experience. And they may really struggle with those. It almost feels like they're, they're building a team that they realize could actually drop down to the, the championship if, if things uh, break wrong for them. So I would imagine Southampton could be uh, in a tight spot this, this season. But I would, I would say um, I will go with uh, Fulham, Bournemouth, and one of Everton or Southampton. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so we're pretty much the same, but maybe one or, or two different. Uh, cool. Uh, so let's, uh, let's shift back to like, making some predictions for the season about Liverpool. Um, so mm-hmm. who will be Liverpool's top scorer and how many goals will they score? Uh, Lubo, want to get us started on that one? Well, you always have to go with Mo Salah, right? Um, yes. And I, I think that um, I, I have about 40 goals across all competitions for Mo. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that's the other parameter of the question. It's all competitions. I'll go with Mo and, and 40 goals. Paul? Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Mo, and I will say I think he'll have a storming season. I'm going to go 45 goals. Oh, well, that's different. Uh, so, Lubo, I was also going to say I was also going to say Mo and forty. Uh, um, uh, I think I think that um, you know he looks really ready to go. He's going to get a month off, and then he's going to be ready to go again. And I think that you know each time what we've seen with Mo is like if he gets a break and he gets some rest, he goes and scores a lot of goals. And this season, instead of going to Afcon and playing for a thousand minutes, he's going to go and go to the beach. For a couple of weeks and then come back and be rested and so he's going to score a lot of goals so Paul maybe you're right maybe he will challenge for the, the single season record yep mm-hmm. um, so another question who will provide the most assists and how many assists will they provide and again all competitions Paul you want to start us off I'm going to go with Trent and I will say 18 assists 18 assists. Okay. Lubo? I'll, I'll also go with, uh, with Mo. Um, uh, and I think oh. he's going to have a... Uh, I'll, I'll go 20 assists for Mo. How is that? He's okay. going to provide a lot of assists for, for Nunes. So 40 goals and 20 assists for Mo Salah. That's going to be an incredible season if he does that. <laughs> Six, 60 goal involvements in 63 games. That's, that'll be pretty good. Uh, so I will take Trent and 20 so I think that Trent will just be a little bit better than last year and it's, it's going to be a fun thing to watch okay so the important, the important question, question uh, the, 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 uh-huh. does, the, 
does the community shield count? Because Mo already got a mm. goal and an assist in the community shield. Do we give him that one? I think it counts, uh, no? No. No? No. No. I think I think no. I think no. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Mm. He'll still do he'll still do forty twenty. So yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, so uh the next question is for the Premier League only. Uh, so this is an over-under question. So will Liverpool be over or under 22 clean sheets? Lubo? 22. I'll say, I'll say over. So, so 22, if, 22 or more. If you want a reference, last year was 21 clean sheets. Uh, we'll have more this year. I say 22 or more. Yeah. So I, you, I'm I'm agreeing I'm agreeing with that. Over, okay. Over twenty. I think I will. Yeah. I will take actually the under on this. I think it'll probably be about the same as last year. Uh, Twenty-one clean sheets. Interesting. Okay. So final final prediction is how far does Liverpool make it in the cups? So League Cup, Paul. Uh, at least semis. Okay. Lubo. Uh, win it. Okay, I will. I will take win it on this one. Um, FA Cup, Paul. Again, Sammy's. Lubo. I think that the schedule could get a little crazy at the end, and this is that's yeah. going to be the, the the biggest challenge. I'll say semis, but I, I I would not be surprised if we win it again. But I'll, I'll just hedge a little bit and I'll say semis. Yeah, this, the FA Cup's the one where I think that Liverpool might just de-emphasize because it, it's where the schedule can get really compact and I'll say quarters mm-hmm. on the, the FA Cup. Uh, so, Champions League, Paul? Win it. Lubo? Win it. And I'll say semi-final minimum. All right, I think that that's all I have for um, prediction questions. So, do you... Either of you have any other predictions you want to uh, throw out there? Um, Ten, I'll Hag. <laughs> Ten Hag to be sacked yeah. before the end of the season. Okay. And I'll, then Lugo? I'll, go, I'll go Nunes 25 goals or more in all competitions. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. how, many, how many minutes for Curtis? <laughs> How many? Ouch! <laughs> two two thousand or more. Two thousand or more minutes for Curtis. In in all comps. In all comps. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. Uh, yeah. So, like Curtis, Curtis predicted for himself uh, ten goals and ten assists. Uh, do you think yeah. he'll make it? No, but I think he no. may do five and five. I could see five okay. and a half five from him. Yeah, I, I think that that might be reasonable. Uh, probably. Maybe fewer goals, but more assists uh, for him. Uh, so then I'll take, I'll take Luis Diaz for 20 goals in all comps as, as my secondary prediction. Uh, so that's, your wild that, that's card. a good, it's my wild card. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a good time for us to, to wrap things up. Uh, Lubo, do you have any final thoughts? No final thoughts. I just hope, well, I guess I do have final thoughts then. I just hope that everybody stays healthy. And I, I hope that, uh, that Ali and uh, Diogo can be back, Costas can be back soon, Calvin can be back soon, and that we are uh, managing to avoid unfortunate injuries. And I think if we, if we stay healthy, if the team stays healthy, uh, we're going to have a great season. And, uh, and hopefully we get a little bit of the rub of the green with, with the referees. We may actually be getting a little bit of a, of a lucky break just because uh, some of the really bad referees have uh, retired uh, going into this season. Uh, so hopefully that means that, that the quality of the refereeing is a little bit better. Uh, but the biggest thing is just I'm just hoping for good luck with injuries. And if that happens, we're going to have a great season. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Paul, your final thoughts? Yeah, just there's not much more can be said. I think we're I think we're in a good shape to hit the to hit the season uh, hard. Uh, we need to. We've got is it 16 games before the World Cup break? I think we need to just 
aim for as many points as we can possibly get in those 16 games. I think we just need to be demon ahead, full steam ahead, <clears throat> going hard these first five games in this first month and then just keep that, that steam train rolling um, and put ourselves in a great position you know, pre-World Cup. And then, again, lots of players aren't going to the World Cup, which works in our favour. So I think we're in for a, a really, really, really good season. Um, and I am very much looking forward to it. So yeah, yeah, that should be good. That that that's a that's a good uh, note to come uh, to a close on, and it, it's going to be uh, an action-packed season. Uh, lots of stuff for the Reds. Uh, really tight schedule. Uh, so for us, we'll probably try to come back again after the first month of the season and re- see uh, how how Liverpool has done uh, up to that point. Uh, so until we talk to you then, up the positivity, Reds. Uh, have a good afternoon. Take care, everyone. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.